Welcome to part two of 1988. Hopefully this won't be a six-parter. Well, all all, all we can say is it's proven the point. 1988 was a great year for film. Well, I mean, in terms of in terms of in terms of us being movie nerds and, you know, the time. Or is it that or is it just we're of a certain age? Yeah, that yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's but a lot of the movies in 1988 had an impact on when you say all of us, I'd say it definitely. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. I mean, I'm, yeah, we've already talked about Beetlejuice and uh, Willer uh, and Funny <laughs> Farm and, and briefly, I got, uh, we should talk about Dundee too. And we didn't talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit enough <laughs> and Dead Heat, which started I do Vincent love Price. I do love Dead Heat. Yeah, he, yeah. and now and then we also now we got to see past we now got to see past the ammo yeah all right yeah so. i was gonna say uh yeah that's that's on my to-do list so um, so what happens in the first week of july james not much one movie gets a midweek release um which i assume is an art house film uh a handful of dust oh god um which stars james billy and and uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. So nobody saw it. Let's move on. Uh, um, that's terrible. I shouldn't be mean. Uh, but July 6th, we get two comedies. Both of them will only go on to make $20 million and $22 million between, uh, you know, each. The low one is a sequel. And July of 1988, we now think of July as, again, tentpole, release your summer movies. That didn't happen. We got Short Circuit 2, which, which went I, on to make $20 million. I really enjoyed it as a kid. I'm sure it's oh, yeah. awful now, but I love uh, it. It's, it's, it's not great. But I'll be honest, I that's a movie that if you told me you were going to remake Short Circuit. Yeah, I'd you'd go. be okay with it. Yeah, please. Well, remake. supposedly they keep saying they're going to. They just haven't yet. But no, yeah, Short Circuit 2, I, I loved it as a kid, but I just like Johnny Five. Well, and so, I, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that a movie that has uh, I Need a Hero at the end and he ends up at the movie in spoiler? With you like that and who's Harry Crumb? They both do. Yep. Uh, the movie that beat it out, though, that so it made $20,882,000. The movie, by the way, built, both movies have a have a white guy pretending to be yeah. an Indian guy. So it's yeah, English. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, but the other movie that would beat it slightly. Fisher Stevens is in English. I don't know. I do a lot of cocaine. Fisher Stevens um, from Chicago, for God's sakes. I'm sorry. Somebody told me he was British. Or did I make that up? Are you, you. British? <laughs> did, did he visit British Columbia? Anyway. Uh, what in the hell um, was he talking the movie about? The, the movie that went on to be a uh, little bit more successful as far as overall revenue, uh, $22,434,000, would be License to Drive. Oh How much was it? Uh, twenty-two million four hundred thirty-four thousand. I thought it was bigger than that, and here's I why. Too. I, I, that movie was so big when I came back to school. Everyone back to school when everyone talked about it, and it played at Fugit Cinema in Hazard. And it may just be because it was Hazard and Fugit Cinema. I think it paid, played for months. Oh, yeah. And well, James, who who is in License to Drive? This is a test. Wasn't it the Feldmans or the Corys? I mean, Corey Hain, not Corey. Hain. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry, Joe. They they both were in it. I'm sorry, Corey Feldman and Corey Hain were in it. They're both on. Saying. They're even both on the poster. And you well, know <laughs> who started my love affair with Heather Graham? Yeah, 
She played That's Mercedes. Well, but who else was in it, James? Carol Kane. Grandma Ma Adams. James. No, that's not where he's and going. Richard Mazur. Yeah. Thank you. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. The man who fought actually, Mr. Boogity. Actually, and you also, we have to give Hold some on. credit. Oh, no. Richard Mazur fought the thing. Richard Mazur fought it. And, boy, he got killed in both of those. The only yeah. one he's even remotely succeed, successful at fighting was Mr. Boogity. By the way, I also want to give credit, though. It stars Shredder. That's right. James Avery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it man, talk about a movie that doesn't actually hold up very well in my no, opinion. But like well, here's here's a true too. story about this. I did not get to see License to Drive. I'll be honest, I still don't know if I've saw, seen License to Drive. But to your point about how successful it was, Joe, at least as a pop cultural force, mm-hmm. I own the novelization. Huh. <laughs> well, and the song was huge. It's a Billy Ocean song, and it's huge. And by the way, I still love the song. You've watched the video. I love it. It's got the cheesy animation over the video. About once a month, I pull it up and listen to my office. It just makes me smile. Get out of my dreams. Get in my car. car. I just love it. And I, but the movie, Chad's right, does not hold up. That director, uh, that was a small. Greg Beeman. Greg Beeman. He went on to do another movie that no one saw called Mom and Dad Save the World. I have a a soft spot for, I will admit. It's got a hell of a cast. (laughs) It does. No one saw that picture. Um, so we the next thing that's released is another set of oddly midweek releases, um, but they were both sequels. I love how, you, by the way, previously James said nothing came out in July. License to drive, nothing that was a huge financial success. There's yeah, one I'm really we'll shocked on that License to Drive only made. I'm I'm serious. I remember. I just remember it being. It was a, yeah. Yeah, but, but I mean, me. I'm. I, I said no. There's things that came out that I said. Too, like guys. I said, you will know them. But I'm kind of shocked, like you all are, that none of these were huge financial successes, even though we know them still today. It may be a so video thing. That may be why. Because July 8th, we get two sequels. One of them is Phantasm 2. Mm. <laughs> uh, and the other one oh, is one of the most lampooned sequels. It's been made fun of. I, I remember the critic made fun of it constantly. Arthur 2. On the, on the rocks which was <laughs> uh not a financial success no no only went on to make uh 14 million six hundred eighty one thousand its entire run so we then jump forward to july 13th and we get two releases one of which i would argue is sort of a bomb it takes two mm-hmm. but it, it takes two opens up with another film in a franchise the deadpool Hmm. Jim Carrey. Uh, yeah. Wasn't that like it was close? It, I don't. It was a it was a big acting career for uh, move for well, him to be in that he, movie. I mean, he'd already been a star. He'd already started a movie. Yeah. He. Uh, but he love it at is. First bite. It is Clint Not love at first bite. Once bitten. Love at first bite. Act as uh, George. I've got the poster. It is Clint Eastwood with that guy, and I was mistaken. I think last episode I said that Liam Neeson fellow never did anything. It turns out he did the Deadpool too. Uh, Liam Neeson is in the Deadpool with uh, Clint Eastwood. That's awesome. it's, one of, it's part of the Dirty Harry thing. Wasn't uh, it the last Dirty Harry film? I believe it was. I, believe I think it, was. it is the last Dirty Harry. Now that being said, so you've got a Dirty Harry film at the box office, and what are you going to do to counter program that? Well, on July fifteenth, you're going to drop a fish called Wanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, see guys 
1988. Yeah. $63 million. But do you know what? I said there would be one film that would go on to uh, break $100 million at the box office. Do you know what opened up against A Fish Called Wanda? No. Some crappy movie set around Christmas by the guy that has to uh, walk through glass with uh, barefoot. Die Hard. Die Hard. Die Hard, yeah, die hard open in the middle of the summer. It was a limited release, right? Yeah. Yep. We go on to make $139 million. Yep. Um, so we jump forward again. The next release that's a, a Wednesday release, oddly enough, on July 20th, we'll go on to make $81 million midnight run. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so I was showing it to Christy a, a few months back. Well, actually, just a month or two back, a couple months back, because I was watching it because I can't remember why. And uh, that movie still holds up, guys. I'm not arguing with you on that one. No, I mean, have you all seen it in a long time? Because I didn't. Yeah, I saw really it. Watch I, saw it, it like, a, I saw it a few months ago. Oh, really? I, I yeah. hadn't watched it. I, you know, as a kid, it was I didn't get as much as a kid. Now as an adult, it's oh, I don't know. It's just damn good. Every I, I, what it is is there's there's not one flawless performance in it. No, Charles it's, Groden, who would have thought Charles Groden and Robert De Niro work? But it really does. And then you also have Dennis Farina, Joe Pantalonia. I mean, Joey yeah, I mean, Pants. Yeah. The movie's great. Yeah, and it, July, man. I James, I was just like it just listed. I, I was expecting July to be a dud, but every movie he's listed no, in July has been they just weren't huge well, successes. Places to drive the emu. Um well, hold on, no, Midnight Rum was a big hit, right? 81 million. I mean, yes, yes, it was a hit, but it's just I think about I think what what I was trying to parallel is now we think of July, it's tent pole after tent pole after tent pole. Uh-huh. And and this is definitely not um that that sort of film yeah all right who's up um so we we go from that um and we jump forward midnight run with a wednesday release guess what they released on friday that's july 22nd no idea two more sequels oh i know one of them is the best which would go on to make 11 million seven hundred ninety eight thousand. not much compared that's to it yes i saw it in the theater like i said we must have been late july at my i can't believe big was so two dollars of that is you yeah basically <laughs> i bought four bucks of it because i remember what i watched that summer at that it was it was who framed roger rabbit big caddyshack too Oh shit! There's a fourth one, and I can't remember now. Do you? Well, I wonder if it's what dropped against uh, Caddyshack Two because what? against Caddyshack Two, Big Top Pee Wee. No, no, I didn't care for Pee Wee as a kid. I was a big Pee Wee fan, and yeah, Big, big Top Pee Wee. And by the way, I'll be honest with you, Big Top Pee Wee, I did not care for as a kid. It was like, it was kind of a disappointment for me. But as an adult, and just the sheer craziness of that film, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> um and penelope and penelope ann miller as the uh well she's the the side love interest uh, she's great in that <laughs> i just uh what i was about to ask is caddyshack too did you all know it was that big of a bomb i didn't know i knew it was uh, yeah i knew it was a i mean i didn't failure i just you know man that ain't nothing that's kind of 
came and went. Nobody wanted to see it. I guess Jackie Mason and Rodney Dangerfield do not draw the same crowd. That's a movie that's lambasted and hated on. It's not good, but it's not nearly as bad as I think people think it is. No. And there's some funny scenes in it. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, However, I will say this about Caddyshack 2. Dan Aykroyd is about damn near unwatchable. He's awful. Yeah. I can't stand him. Yeah. And that's Dan Aykroyd I'm talking about. Yeah, I just can't. Aykroyd. I watched Dan Aykroyd anything. I will not let you besmirch the name. Chad's of Dan right. Aykroyd. Chad's right. It's, Chad, he's awful. Robert Stack is killing him in those scenes. Robert Stack. It's probably, it's probably the one. It's the one movie that I can say that I, Dan Aykroyd does not have a redeeming element that makes me want to watch it. I, I, every time he's on the screen, I want to. I want to mute it. I just the voice. The, there's no. I just could not get into it at all. I don't, yeah, I don't know how Alan Arkish let it happen, the director. I'd love to have him on Bonehead, but he's never said yes. All right, so that's July 22nd. Y'all ready for July 29th? Oh, my God, I'm sitting here with hard nipples. Well, get ready to... My birth birth month uh, when I turned eight was a great time to be at the cinema. Get ready to do a line of cocaine because this level of excitement will just get worse. Um... Four movies, July 29th. I'll start with one that has a director that we all know. Sadly, it's left this realm. Monkey Shines. Yeah. Uh, not a bad movie, actually. I liked it as a kid. Uh, it's not bad now, Chad. It really no. isn't. Uh, it just, um, you feel for the monkey. Which I guess is probably what George wanted. Yeah, well... But if you were going to counter-program Monkey Shines, what would you, I mean, off the top of your head, what do you think they counter-program Monkey Shines with? Creep Show? Oh, no, no. That's not counter-programming. You know what you need. What? You need the new adventures of Pippi Longstocking. Oh, God. I remember, the, I remember that damn song. I hated it as a kid. Too. I hated Pippi Longstocking, I yeah. I didn't give two shits about it. Right. But, uh, those those uh, there's not a lot of data on how successful those were at the box office, but these next two there is. One you can't find under this title, but it was originally released in the U.S. under the title of, let me say this correctly, Death Street USA. Mm. Now, if you want to watch it now, you're going to look for the film Nightmare at Noon, which stars Wingshauser, Bo Hopkins, George Kennedy, Kimberly Beck, and brian james well we need to see that picture wings house that, that film uh you do need to see it because here's the plot scientists poison the water supply of a small town turning the residents into homicidal maniacs who kill each other and anybody else who passes through brian james that was how many movies in one year we've mentioned brian james i think four, might we're at four i think now for him and in, in, uh in 1988 by the way again uh, originally released as nightmare street usa or I'm sorry, Death Street USA, mm-hmm. now titled Nightmare at Noon. Uh, you can find it on on DVD. Wienhauser, right. if that if that isn't the the sheer example of a working man's actor. But the final one and the one that was the most successful that came out the week of July, uh, the weekend of starting July 29th, starring uh, Joe Lewis's Dreamboat Cocktail. <laughs> God, I hate cocktail. Hate it. Ah. I- I don't remember. <laughs> see, uh, see, 
He's going to defend it. I, knew he I would. know. Honestly, it's not a hate thing as much as uh, I just, I don't know. I like the beach and the music. The Beach Boys song's good. I mean, the only, I liked Elizabeth Shue. There's not much redeemable about the picture other than them slinging drinks and making, you know, slinging bottles and making drinks. Sorry. Right. I just never understood the appeal of that movie. It's just. Well, well that's remember. because, Chad, you were waiting for August 5th when the movie that would redefine your life would come out. Sadly, it was the least performing movie that came out that weekend. But in retrospect, we all need to buy it and demand that a criterion of it be released. I'm talking about on August 5th of 1988, when the world as we know it changed, when... Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper Vibes. premiered in Vibes. Vibes. I thought Vibes came out earlier that summer. I've been waiting for you to say it the whole time. Vibes, Vibes I, is, I, is, I love how this shit gets rearranged. The furniture gets rearranged in your in your memory. I thought that came out early summer, but Vibes yeah. is for those that don't know is the rich man's version of Second Sight. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, Peter Fox in it too. Yeah, Cindy Lauper, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Michael Lerner, um, uh, 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 yeah, it's, uh, man, it's got a good cast. Julian it's, Sands is in it. It's a terrible movie. I, James, I mean, it's did I ever tell you about the time I met Julian Sands? Yeah, you brought it up a couple times. <laughs> name dropped. Everybody, watch your feet. He's named Chad. Do <laughs> you remember that time you met Julian Sands? I never met him. I was in the the audience. Chad, I remember that so. time you hit on Julian Sands. Uh, keep going what's the next movie vibes well now that that was an underperformer i know you're shocked to hear that because it got beat out by the rescue anybody know anything about the rescue oh you should know the rescue is that charlie sheen uh the rescue you see is was written by jim thomas no relation and john thomas also no relation. they wrote predator a group of kids venture into enemy territory in an audacious attempt to rescue their Navy SEAL fathers who were captured during a failed mission in North Korea, starring Kevin Dillon, Christine Harnos, Edward Albert, uh, Ann Curry, uh, some other people. <laughs> yeah, no, the Jim, Jim, uh, Jim and John Thomas wrote uh, Predator. Yeah. I, vague, I vaguely remember this film. I vaguely I remember tell you one thing about it. It went on to earn about $6 million total. Uh, but it was beat out August 5th, saw the uh, release of 1988's The Blob. And The Blob was not a hit either, but it went on to make the most of the movies that were released that weekend. Well, the, so we'll talk, it's two Kevin Dillon films that came out in the same weekend. I same like week. The Blob, but I do not care for Kevin Dillon in anything. Um, I actually always thought he was kind of miscast in that movie. Uh, the rest of them are okay. I, uh, I like her too. I, she may be a little Shawnee uh, Smith. Yeah. Shawnee Smith isn't quite there in that, but that movie is, uh, that's a good example of taking in something and making it much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just didn't do well. Right. I really did enjoy the blob. As a as a kid, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's I still by do. Chuck Russell, and it's written by Frank Darabont, who's Shawshank Redemption. So, who uh, doesn't get credit for it in IMDb, by the way? Frank Darabont doesn't. Nope. Really, Theodore Simpson, Ken Lineker, and Irvin Milgate. I'm almost 
damn sure that he's one of the rise. Oh, runs. you have to click on it eventually. Yeah, he okay. He gets fourth credit, fourth billing yeah. under no fifth billing under Chuck Russell. Yeah, and Chuck Russell wrote uh, wrote and directed Nightmare on Elm Street three, which was a success, and they were able to. But they I actually go ahead. I didn't realize Bill Mosley was in it. Well, and the thing is, is they were actually trying to make the blob before Nightmare on Elm Street three. And then they were able, he'd already secured the rights, but the problem is it, it, what it, it couldn't get it done. And then Nightmare on Street 3 being success, that he was able to make the blob after that. Hmm. Yeah, Chuck Russell. So what's next? Um, I do recommend it if you guys have never seen it out there in remake land. It's, it, <clears throat> it's, it's slightly dated, but there's a ton of great character actors in it. And it's, uh, it, it just makes the story better. Yeah. I just think the leads are miscast. Keep going. We get one Wednesday release on August 10th with a Wednesday. We do get one release. That is when we do get Clean and Sober with Michael Keaton. And a bit of trivia about this. According to many sources, uh, this is actually the movie that got him cast as Bruce Wayne, um, which Batman. Uh, According to some sources, John Peters was inspired to cast him as Bruce Wayne after he saw this film and realized he could do somebody that was struggling with inner challenges so there you mm-hmm. go uh anybody want to talk about clean sober not really okay good uh <laughs> not like we're talking but by the time we get to friday there's four films that come out one is extremely controversial one of them is a very long commercial and the other two are okay um but we'll start with the lowest earner the one that was an extended commercial Stars Jennifer Aniston, used heavily by Paul Rudd. That's right, Mac and me. <laughs> That's what oh, I God. think in 1988, Chad. It oh. gave us Mac and me. It can give us whatever else it wants, but it gave us Mac and me, and for that, it should pay. God bless him for it. Also, um, it, uh, it also would feature Jennifer Aniston. I said it, Jennifer, starring Jennifer Aniston. Do you I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> no, you just tuned me out. You know, I was talking to your mother about this. Anyway, um, we're both worried about you. It's a terrible <laughs> movie. Oh no, God, it's, it's awful. It has been uh, uh, Mystery Science Theater 2000 when it relaunched. The Gauntlet, which is available on Netflix, riffs it. And oh my God, it, I knew it was bad. I remember it being bad. And then I watched it rift and I'm like, they point out things that make it even worse. And it's Mystery Science Theater 3000, so it's done in a way that's funny. But I have never been to a McDonald's and been in the middle of a dance party. Well, that's because uh, you've we never don't... been to McDonald's with me. Have you, by the way, have you all seen the thing that shows McDonald's in the 80s versus now about how they used to try to make it look fun, but now it intentionally looks depressing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that, that only made $6 million, even though they were supposed to be the next <laughs> ET, and they promised us in the in credits that they'd be back. But thank God they've never shown up. Anyway, Next to that was the one that had a lot of controversy. And Joe, you may be able to talk about this. Chad, you may as well. The Last Temptation of Christ. Oh, I've, I've never, never been able to get through it. I've never. <laughs> Neither was it's he. It's DVR'd Wait. right over here. And for three <laughs> years, I have tried to get through it. And I watch a scene and go, that's interesting. There's not a damn thing compelling about it. I remember. I'm I mean, I'm, I'm totally was... on board with him. I've never. I've still never finished it. I remember when it came out. And it was a big thing in my church that that the local cinema and Hazard wouldn't show it. And they yeah, were like, I mean, this was a win. 
I've just never been able. I, it's the only Martin Scorsese film that I can't get through. I mean, it's just, it's boring. <laughs> it's based on, uh, and I'm sure I'm going to say this wrong. Forgive me, literary world. I only know the name because I've read it. A but book. it's based on the book of the same name by Nikos Kazansky's. Um, and the cast on it's good. Defoe, Harvey Cattell, Barbara Hershey, <clears throat> Harry Dean Stanton, <clears throat> David Bowie. It was shot in Morocco, but the book was controversial. And, and uh, you know, I, I think they even put a disclaimer on it that the film is not based on the gospel, but upon the fictional exploration of spiritual conflict, right? I think it's something like And it like is that. about, and at the end of the day, it's about Jesus overcoming. It's just he doesn't sound and act so much like the Jesus in the book or the Bible. Yeah. Um, and he's tempted. And it shows about how he has lust and all these other things, which is pretty close to spiritual. I mean, he is tempted. Um, he spends forty days and forty nights in the in the forest or out in the woods. And to this point, and this wasn't in the U.S., but I mean, there were it was qualified as a terrorist attack that was caused by this film in Paris, uh, October twenty second. 1988, an integrist Catholic group set fire to the St. Michael Cinema in Paris while it was showing the film. A little after midnight, an incendiary device ignited under a seat in the less supervised underground room where a different film was being shown. The incendiary device consisted of a, a charge of potassium chlorate triggered by a vial containing sulfuric acid. Uh, the attack injured 13 people, four of whom were severely burned and severely damaged the cinema. Roger Ebert, in his book, Scorsese by Ebert, talks about all the death threats that Scorsese received because of the film. And like Joe said, there were tons of, of protests. Um, Lou, uh, uh, MCA's chairman, Lou Wiseman, was targeted. There was a lot of bans of showing the film. Um, it was called the most blasphemous ridicule of the Eucharist that's ever been perpetrated in the world and a Holocaust movie that has the power to destroy souls is how that movie was reviewed but according to chad and joe it's just really boring i think so it's his least compelling film or one yeah and now now so that's the one pockmark on 1988 that is if you if you had only the movies from 1988 to watch that's the only scorsese film you could have Ugh, no well, thank you. and it's not awful i'm just it's 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 i i think it's Honestly, I can't explain it. It's just Willem Dafoe's great in it. It's just yeah. It's so Barbara, Hers is good. Yeah. Barbara Hershey is Mary Magdalene's great, but I yeah, just she's a prostitute. I it just it doesn't work for me. And I, mm -hmm. here, and I'll give a reminder to everybody: no one talks about the damn thing now. Yeah, thirty years later, you, they talk about the king of comedy more than they talk about this. They talk about dogma as far as the controversy more than more this. than they talk about this. And yes. again, people were burned trying to attend a screening of it yeah so, all right what's um, next? It, the last temptation of christ and my mac and me were beat out by tucker the man in his, man dream. his dream yeah it's a coppola film but did so scorsese didn't rule the day neither did coppola who comes along and has the movie that beats all three of those including mac and me at the box office no idea it's the best Emilio Estevez Western ever. Young, Young Guns, Guns 2. Young Guns 2. Young Guns. Oh. First one. Meh. What? Young Guns. Sorry. Sorry, Chad. It's not no. me. No, it was Joe going meh. meh. To Young Guns? 
Really? I actually haven't seen it in a long time. I just remember Young Guns 2 playing. Once again, that was another one of those movies that played at Fugits for like three months because all the rednecks, I guess. Young Guns <laughs> 2, you'd drive by and it was always in the fourth cinema. It's just right there for like months. See, I didn't care for Young Guns 2. I, I really enjoyed Young Guns. I haven't watched either one of them in a long time. What's next? All right. What's next? All right. So that was number one, or that goes on to make the most. We get to August 17th. That is a Wednesday. We get two new releases that come out then. Uh, both of them are international films. So Trapola Diablica uh, Diab- uh, and the translated, luckily, into English, so I can say it, The Wash. Now, this is not to be confused with The Wash starring. I thought um, it was going to be translated into the diabolical tripod from what the way you pronounced it. <laughs> Now, th- th- this is not to be confused with the wash of, of 2001 that starred Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. No, this wash is a different film. It is about Nobu, an old bigoted Japanese-American traditionalist, unable to reconcile the needs of his wife and two daughters with his own conservative view on life. I've never seen it, and given that description, it's probably not one I want to rush It stars Mako. I would see it just because Mako's in it. Well, you're right. I probably should give it a shot. It's just, it sounds depressing to me. And I'll yeah. watch the seventh sale at the drop of a hat. <laughs> um, uh, that, however, on the 18th, which you're going, wait, a Thursday release too? Yes. We get the Miami connection. Oh my God. I still have not watched that movie. <laughs> I got to watch it. it. What is the Miami oh, connection? Oh, the Miami connection. James Gunn. I have seen the Miami connection. It is also, I think Rift Tracks makes fun yes, of it. Yes, they do. Uh, I've seen that version. There's so much looking into the camera that's unbelievable. Uh, it was originally directed by Wu Sang Park. It was then reshot by YK Kim. Who's the star? Uh, but it's... I'll just, here's, here's the one-line summary. You can take it as you will, Joe, about why you don't or do need to see this film mm-hmm. a martial arts rock band goes up against a band of motorcycle ninjas who have tightened their grip on florida's narcotic trade yeah i don't want to see it okay that came out on a thursday for some reason but then we get to friday and we get two films one of which involves mixtron the other one, though, which was a lower earner that weekend, was the comedy Married to the Mob. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. The other one that was a, that went on to obviously make the most of movies that premiered this week, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Wars. Yeah, Mary, it came out the same weekend as Married to the Mob? Yeah. That's a Jonathan Demme film. They they uh, they always say that, well, they, they there was a, there's one critic's there's Jonathan Demme before Silence of the Lambs. You get movies like Married to the Mob, and then there's Jonathan Demme after the Silence of the Lambs. You get Philadelphia. All right, next. August 26th. I want to start with the lowest earner because the title alone, and I'm sure one of you has seen this, but I have to say it. The title alone of the lowest earner is tells you why it's the lowest earner. Hero and the Terror. you've seen it haven't you chad yeah of course i've seen a chuck norris film (laughs) i don't think i've ever seen that one oh it is terrible yeah it didn't do well for one thing you've got you gotta believe is it richard keel or is it i thought uh who's i'm sorry i'm trying to remember i thought richard keel was the uh the terror 
but I might be remembering that wrong. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it's it's bad. It's Chuck Norris and Steve James. If you if you look up Steve James, you'll go, oh, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, it's just he, he's trying to track down a serial killer. But actually, I think it was Jack O'Halloran that was the serial killer. Sorry, uh, not giving credit. You know who Jack O'Halloran was? He was in uh, Superman Two uh-huh. in Dragnet. Sorry. Continue on. That's okay. All right. So that was the lowest earner. The next lowest, and Chad, feel free to talk about your love for this film, uh, was Hot to Trot. (laughs) (laughs) He still has to talk about it. Bobcat still talks about it. It just killed so many things. Yeah. uh, God. At the time, eight-year-old me loved this film. I liked Uh, it too. 15 years later, not so much. You say 15 years later? Yeah, when I actually was able to watch it again. Oh, I was about to say, it's a few more than 15. Oh, God. I didn't realize it teamed up Bobcat with uh, Tim uh, Kazarinski again from uh, Police Academy. Hmm. I didn't Tim Kazarinski played Sweet Chuck. Sweet Chuck, that's right. All right. Uh, Virginia, point Virginia Madsen, too, man. Can I, Highlander <laughs> Virginia Madsen? Sorry. Yes. Uh, can I point out that the movie that made more than it this weekend, I just read the summary of, and I'm now depressed. <laughs> Why is it? The drama. Okay. So that made $6 million during its run. The drama that made more than it that was released the same weekend on August 26th was stealing home. Do you all know With anything Mark about Harmon. stealing That's home? Mark, Mark Harmon. Yeah. Mark Harmon. Yeah. This is again, a great cast. Mark Harmon, Jodie Foster, Johnson Silverman, Harold Ramis, Richard Jenkins, a great cast. Here's a one-line summary. Ex-baseball player Billy comes home to receive his childhood darling's ashes who died by suicide while he reminisces. I, rem- yeah. I remember this. I've seen it. I don't, don't ask me anything about it, but it, I, I remember, don't remember anything about it either. It's very depressing. I remember that. <laughs> but that, gentlemen, was not the number one earner that came out the weekend either because that is owned by the film Betrayed. Anybody? anybody no, betrayed? no. What is it? Who's anybody it? Betrayed? Uh, betrayed was written by Joe Esterhouse. Okay. Directed by Costa, Gav- Costa Gravis, Gavis. Starring Deborah Winger, Tom Berenger, John Hurd, and John Mahoney, an FBI agent posing as a combine driver, becomes romantically involved with a Midwest farmer who lives a, a double life as a white supremacist. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have anything to add to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. How sorry. did that go on to make a, a 25, almost 26 million dollars? No idea. How did Hot to Trot fail? To not only stealing home, but people are like, you know, that horse movie. I'd think about that. That could be a good time. But let's go watch this wise and premises farming movie. Oh, there's comments I want to make, but I am not going to make them. So let's skip it. <laughs> okay. Let's come right. out We're now to September 1st and 2nd. The, the movies came out both. So I'm just going to go through all of them at once. Um, let me make sure I don't have any new ones to add on my list. I do not. Okay, so on September 2nd, we get the unnameable horror movie. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, no, the unnameable. So, I, okay, I got to mention this real quick. So, it's based on a Lovecraft story, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I really, as a kid, terrified me. This movie terrified me uh, so much so that I wanted. To, I had never seen it. I hadn't seen it since I was eight or nine years old uh, until a couple of years ago. So I, I saw it on streaming and I had to check it out. It is damn near one of the most unwatchable films I've ever seen. It's literally uh, people in a hallway. It's supposed to be this this small house, but they keep walking down this hallway back and forth. The unnameable. Yeah, the unnameable. And there's supposedly this unnameable monster there trying to kill them. And it's just them walking down a hallway Hmm. for an hour and a half. I don't remember. Yeah, it, it didn't, it didn't I didn't. I, I, I didn't get to it. I got through and I got through forty-five minutes. So I said I can't take any more of these people walking down a hallway. Um, other movies that came out on September second slash first: Rocket Gibraltar. No idea. No. Nope, Here's one I want to see. It only made one hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollars at the box office, so it really was probably a very limited release. But if you all have seen this, let me know. Freeway, directed by Francis Delia, stars n- really no major names. Billy Drago is in. No, I've never Richard heard of Belzer. it. Here's the. Why the, are you going to read of, the plot? Because I want to. This needs to be added to our list. Yeah. A deeply troubled priest becomes a crazed driver because he has a deeply troubled past causing him to go on a nightly shooting spree across the highways of America, preying on any motorist because he feels a fanatical religious crusade to do so. No. I I don't know anything about it. I'd give it a shot. All right. So anyway, Freeway didn't light the box office on fire either. Miles from home. Anybody? Anybody? I don't know anything about that one either. Um, But the only movie that came out this uh, weekend that made any real money and it only made about six million. Was eight men out? Ah. Yeah, John. Yeah, yeah. So we jump yeah. forward to September eighth slash ninth. They had movies coming out both, so I'll do both of them. Two classic, two classic baseball films in one year. Huh. Yeah. Um, one of the low earners. Um, sorry. I'm trying to actually bring it up because I, so many movies have this title. Yep, there it is. Uh, one of the low earners, um, which doesn't get a lot of attention, that has a very common name though. As time as time goes by, now there are a bunch of movies, including one of J, J, uh, Judy Dench that has this. This film though uh, was directed by Barry Peake and stars Bruno Lawrence, Nick Needles, and Ray Barrett. It's about a surfer who stops in for a bite to eat in a 1940s type diner eventually realizing it is not a diner at all it's a spaceship disguised as one and the owners of the diner are aliens wasn't that a twilight zone episode well it's also as time goes <laughs> um times ago but it wasn't a huge hit either by the way if you were wondering um the other movies that came out this weekend though yeah. some girls okay keep and, going and the one that you'll probably know at least a little bit about the comedy moon over parador I've actually seen it. I saw it when I I saw it. That's uh, it's to stars Richard Dreyfus. He's a uh, he's an actor who who does impersonations of this I don't know dictator in Ecuador or what have you, some South American, and then it gets killed. It's it's got Raul Julia in it. Chad, you might like it. You like Raul Julia? Yeah, I do. Raul Julia is the bad guy. 
So it's, huh. it's got some funny scenes in it, but I don't think that was a big hit, was it, James? No, no. Uh, um, probably somewhat modest. Uh, let's see. It made, um, sorry, uh, about $12 million. Yeah. Yeah. It's Richard Dreyfus and Raul Julia. He's impersonating uh, the dictator after the gets killed or dies. I think he dies with his, with his, maybe with uh, having sex with his mistress. Well, who's yeah. next? Um, one that actually I, I guess I should probably see because I'm interested. Um, Homeboy. Uh, Homeboy was released on again. It's another weird release date, September fifteenth. Do, does anybody know anything about Homeboy? Nope. No. Written by Mickey Rourke. Directed by Michael Saracen, starring mm-hmm. Mickey Rourke and Christopher Walken. A simple, self-destructive drifter and tough, small-time boxer with a brain injury that could kill him meets and falls for a cute beach carnival owner, but also befriends a sleazy, friendly criminal who's planning a big score. That happened to well, me. I'm assuming it's Christopher Walken. Yeah, I'm assuming. That happened to me um, And the other one that came out is the action film Homeboy Did Not Do Well. Uh, neither did the action film that came out against it. Seven Hours to Judgment. No idea. No idea either. All right, we're to September 23rd, which luckily has four films. Maybe we'll know one of them. Uh, actually, one of them I do know. Uh, and it was the number one movie that weekend. But the lowest one we'll start with is Kansas, the thriller suspense film. That's got one of the, is that, it's not, it's that Matt Dillon? I think it's Matt Dillon. I don't know, but it's called Kansas. And why would you name your thriller suspense film Kansas? I don't know if you ever driven through Kansas. I have. There's a lot of yes, it has Matt. It has Matt Dillon and Andrew McCarthy. See, huh. I, I've probably yeah. seen it, but I don't remember anything about it. Well, there you go. So Kansas was not a big hit. Uh, Sweetheart's Dance did better than it did. That's a drama. Um, and Dead Ringers, which was a thriller suspense film, did better than it. Well, that's that's because it's Dead Ringers is directed by Dave uh, David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg and starring Jeremy Irons as twins who are surgeons. And it is as bizarre as you think it would be. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. And man, the ending of that film still just. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> went, went on to make over $9 million, but it failed to beat the number one drama at the box office. It would go on to make 25. That was released this weekend. And that would of course be gorillas in the mist. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I, I prefer Dead Ringers. I just never was into that <laughs> stupid gorilla film. What? I'm, you love Congo. <sighs> yeah, I love Congo. Well, I liked it. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I, I can't remember if Sigourney Weaver was nominated for an ad for Best Actress for that or not. Yeah. It seems like she, she was. She was. Yeah, it's a good movie. What's next? I just thought it was boring. <laughs> Joe just um, has to get through this. He just, well, like, no, right, I just, just I, I mean, if we have something funny to say, but do you have anything funny to All say right. about the fucking Gorilla Mist movie? I'm glad she that, died, that, and I hope she burns in hell. <laughs> Who Spoiler is alert. Is that, is that the one about... Um, that's not the one about Jane Goodall, is it? No, no. it's Diane Fossey. Oh, okay, okay. I, I get him murdered, right? Yeah, yeah, it ends, it ends with her. Like It doesn't show the murder, but it basically implies it. Yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly. That sounds about right. September 28th, we actually got a Wednesday release. And Joe, you may know this. I didn't know. It's Henry Winkler directed Memories of Me. Yeah. Yeah. With Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. And uh, yeah. uh, um, 
Oh shit, he's in he's in the 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 Friars Club. Uh, Alan King. Alan Hale. I mean Alan Hale Jr. Or King. Uh, Alan King. Alan King. Uh, Chicken yeah. Alan Hale King. Yes, I've seen it. <laughs> um, written by Eric Roth and Billy Crystal. Yeah. Well, oh. what it's a real quick. It's about he's a doctor and his dad is Alan King and he was an uh, basically a two bit actor who made a living and he's he's having either dementia or something illness as Billy Crystal is trying to connect with him in later life. But, uh, you know, he was an overly successful actor. That's that's quick. quick it only made about 4 million at the box office, but two days later on September 30th, we would get um, four movies. Uh, one with international film, uh, Nilo had knew her. No idea. No. Um, but the next lowest earning I own on DVD, Elvira, mistress of the dark <laughs> well it does have that nipple thing at the end with the twirlies actually the reason i remember elvira mistress of the dark is and of course it came out in 88 i saw it when i was a kid i did too uh, and the scene that's yes. burned into my head forever is the, uh, the thing at the end with her twirling the things on her no nipple. no well you're a different kid than i am i know i was not a perv at birth um, How is that a perv? She's perv to be. It's Cassandra Peterson, James. She's fucking smoking now, with or without that goddamn wig. But the the line that burned in my head forever is when they're going to burn her at the stake, and uh, they offer her a cigarette. Do you smoke? I guess we're getting ready to find out. Burned in my memory at age eight. Could not get rid of it to this day. I can replay that scene in my head. That and her poodle. There you go. Anyway, oh, I did not got, think he was saying poodle. I, said, I, I didn't I, either. I, didn't did either. I was about say? to give him total props. That <laughs> is it's totally, burned in my head too, my friend. That is totally beat out, though. It made $5 million. Making $5,500,000 during its run is Heartbreak Hotel. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's directed by Chris Columbus. It's about Elvis. It's, it's a fantasy film. Yeah. It's not is, good. Is that the one? Wait, who plays Elvis? I don't remember. David Keith. David Keith. World War II Special Forces badass David Keith. David Keith. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a lot of fond memories of Heartbreak Hotel. I so don't I either. Really... I don't. I, I never thought it was good. I'm, but he, Chris Columbus would go on to direct Home Alone and her, the first two Harry Potter films for everyone. Which he got as a re, what didn't he get as a console, a consolation prize because he couldn't do Christmas Vacation? Because well, he got Home Alone as a consolation prize for Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I mean that's a good balance. Yeah, and by the way, the one thing I'll say about Heartbreak Hotel that I can remember, David Keith is not a good Elvis. I don't remember. And I personally, I really like David Keith. So okay, what's next? The number one movie that came out on September thirtieth is the funny people of its day but i just want to talk about it for a second because you kids like the omen uh yeah yeah so david seltzer wrote the omen and let's say you were going to make a movie about stand-up comedy who would you get to write the script obviously it's david seltzer and why not while he's writing it go ahead and tell him he can direct it and while he's directing it, go ahead and cast Sally Field, Tom Hanks, and John Goodman and call the film Punchline. And yeah, nobody yeah. will remember it 30 years later. I remember it, but yeah, yeah. a lot of the jokes are kind of hacky. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, so that's, one of, that's one of the things that's one of the things that uh, a lot the of people talk people about is why can't cinema, why can't movies make a good movie about stand-up comedy? They just, it, and 
this is one of those those examples. Also, the the Judd Apatow film, Stand Up, is that? Funny, it's a funny, funny people. Sorry, funny That's people. what I said earlier. It's the funny people of its time. Sorry, my brain's failing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's just any movie about stand-up comedy, they just cannot get right. By the it's, way, Damon Wayans is in it. It's got a good cast, obviously. Um, but Oh, it's got John Goodman. I mean, it's got a ton of people. Yeah, she John Goodman, Goodman plays her husband, and she just wants to be a stand-up comic, and she's a mom, and that's what it's about. And, you know, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, well, and just Tom FYI, Hanks plays the guy who's up and coming and edgy. And and Tom Hanks said this is one of I don't think he's overly fond of this film because one of the things that he tried to do to prepare for it because he's not a stand up comedian and I think that's one of the things that um, why am I forgetting Superbad and the Sitter's name? Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill talked about when he did you know had a part in Funny People or whatever that when he had to do stand-up because they wanted him to actually try it, it was terrifying. Well, Tom Hanks experienced the same thing. He was supposed to do, write and perform his own five-minute stand-up at the Comedy Store in California, the big stand-up club, mm-hmm. to prepare for this movie. And his exact quote about it was, it was pure flop sweat time, an absolute embarrassment. My material actually only lasted one minute and 40 seconds out of the five minutes, and I had no theme. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so, yes, to your point, Chad, I think it is hard to do a stand-up. I mean, it, unless you're doing an autobiography and you're following one person's story, to do it about an overall theme. A lot of artists say this, and I don't know if it's necessarily true, but I don't know that I disagree with it either. Stand-up's the hardest art form. It but is. Because, I mean, you've got to get up there and you've got to just make people laugh nonstop for five minutes to an hour and a half. Well, actually, it's... you don't even do it nonstop. If you do that, they miss the jokes. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it's I, I'm no, you gotta I, I, be, t- you're, you gotta be time, timing. It's just in damn near impossible. So I, yeah. that a lot of people, and I've heard a lot of writers or a lot of actors say the actual, the hardest art form would be stand up. Who's next? All right. October 1st, gentlemen, we're getting into the Halloween season. So, of course, we're going to start with the best film ever to star Clue Gallagher, Tim Robbins, and Joan. And John Cusack. Sorry, I almost said Joan. That's right, Tapeheads. I've never seen never, Tapeheads. Never, I've never seen Tapeheads. What? Have you? Tapeheads is about a couple of creative losers accidentally becoming big shots in the video music industry, which means it wouldn't make sense today. MTV oh. is dead. But uh, it was a box office bomb. Only They even make $500,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, was beat out by Bird. Which is directed by Eastwood. Uh, and Bird was beat out by Things Change. Don't know that one. Uh, let me look up Things Change, because I don't know it either. I was hoping one of y'all would have Things No, I've never up. heard of it. Have you heard of it, Jen? Uh, not off the top of my head. No, it's John. It's Donna Michi and Joe Montagna. Yeah. Directed by David Mamet. I don't know this one. Shoeshiner Gino. Gino. Oh, go ahead. Uh, is hired to take the rap for a mafia murder. Two bit gangster Jerry watches over Gino and makes him a weekend makes and gives him a weekend to remember. Oh, you know, I've seen. I remember the poster the, for the video cover a little bit, but I, you know, I don't remember the movie. I've never. I've got to see it because it's John Amici, Joe Montana, Robert Protsky, Bricky J, of course. I mean it, and it's a it's a David and William H Macy's in it too. It is a David Mamet film that I have not seen. So, yeah, now I've got to look this one up. Made three million six hundred, but 
gentlemen, it was beat at the box office by a film that would go on to score almost eighteen million dollars, and that would be Halloween Four. Really? The Return. How of much? Mike how much Halloween make? Seventeen million seven hundred sixty-eight thousand dollars and seven. Uh, yeah. Uh, so almost eighteen. So I actually the open. I, I rewatched the opening of that a while back. It's not awful. It's just man. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of kind of cool opening with them moving him at night and explaining what's happened and yada yada yada. But I don't I mean nobody gives a shit about Michael Myers. Go keep going. Next one. Uh well I was gonna say so you know obviously you got Mike Myers because it's the beginning of October. Mm-hmm. Uh so you're gonna have some Halloween movies. So the next weekend don't get any more halloween movies they they cleared it and they gave us two documentaries uh hotel terminus i have Mm -hmm. no idea what it's about but Mm it uh and then one that made a couple made well almost made four million dollars at the box office imagine john lennon yeah uh but the thriller slash suspense slash sci-fi film that actually is was a modest enough hit and still has some people still have a lot of love for it today alien nation October 7th would go on to make $26 million. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a James Conn, Mandy Potemkin. I I never understood how it got a TV series. No, but there's people that loved it. My dad actually really was a fan of it, too. I I liked it as a kid. And I like Mandy Potemkin. I like James Conn, but it it, that was a long-running TV series, right? Several seasons. Yeah, Yeah, it was. Yeah, I enjoyed the TV show, too. I've never watched it, I don't think. It's just... Stonation's one of those ones that has actually kind of fallen like no forgotten talks about it yeah and james oh. it was directed by graham baker who directed beowulf oh. hey really quick uh what's his face is the big bad in it zod oh really oh, Tyrant uh, Stamp, Tyrant yeah. Stamp. Darren stamp is the, the bad guy yeah tell him i'm coming all right um, what's next so that's uh let's see so yeah that was uh the week that was now um so we get to october 14th yeah we do get some horror films the lowest achieving film is a horror film that i've never heard of but evidently need to see the kiss after the death of her mother a teenage girl is faced with bizarre supernatural occurrences when her mother's estranged sister arrives and begins to infiltrate her and her father's lives yeah the kiss um so yeah, I have seen the kiss. I have not. Uh, I actually, I have actually enjoyed it. I will. I really did enjoy it as uh, when I was younger. Um, it also, I will say this: it made me afraid of escalators. I've never seen it. There is a horrible scene involving an escalator in the kiss. I am trying to look it up right now. It's hard to find that movie. Just oh, here it is. Um, but yeah, the. Sean Levy, the director, was in it. Yeah, it was Meredith Salinger, who, like I said, yeah. uh, that's who was in The Kiss uh, from Dream a Little Dream. She's actually dating uh, or might be married to Patton Oswald right now. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah she yeah. is. Yeah, she, she is. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Natty Meredith Gann. Salinger. She is, that's what most people know her as. She was in The Adventures of Natty Gann. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had a huge crush on Meredith Salinger, and portion of it was because of The Kiss. And uh, just what? Yeah. And Sean Levy, the director of Night at the Museum, is build six. All right, what's next? So what's else? Uh, so that wasn't a huge hit, but 
Uh, next, as far as earnings, another woman. Uh, another, another woman, woman made in earnings. Woody Allen's another woman. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, which stars also Gene Hackman and uh, Mia Farrow and yeah, Gina Rowland and all that. Uh, so, uh, above that, then you get the first horror film from this weekend, Night of the Demons. Oh, yeah. Night, Night of the Demons. I did not know this opened up against the next horror film on the list, Pumpkinhead. I didn't know that either. I, you know, I, so Night of the Demons is a fun film. The remake's pretty bad that it kind of missed the point on it. I, I enjoy it. I, it's not something I could go back to. I know Amelia Kincaid and uh, shit. The other ones, they still do a lot of shows, a ton of shows. But um, I I love Pumpkinhead. There no, is something about Pumpkinhead that just works. What do you guys think? It's it is a, a creature feature. It's also directed by Stan Winston, but there's something about it that just makes it so much different than every other film like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, well, it's, those... it's a, I mean, it's built. One of the taglines was a grim fairy tale. It is grim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it very much that. Yeah. It's a fairy tale, a horror film fairy tale. I, I like it a lot. Sorry, I'm going off on Yeah, it. no, I really, Pumpkinhead, it's... it's it works. Uh, it, it works. It's underrated. By the way, not number one at the box office, though, because the movie that premiered this week that would go on to be huge at the... Well, not huge, blank $32 million at the box office, The Accused, the yeah. drama, starring Kelly McGillis, Jodie Foster, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, we need to take a quick pause. We're back. October 21st, a day that will forever live. No, uh, October 21st saw the release of six films. Now, some of these are still well known. Some of them are only known to me. We'll start with the lowest earning, Brothers in Arms. Nope. All right, moving on. Uh, Next after that, Little Dorrit. Nope. Little Dorrit, just as an FYI, is based on a Charles Dickens novel, which means it's really long and depressing. Uh, uh, enough said. Moving on. Uh, the Lair of the White Worm. Now, that one I know by Ken Russell. I've actually seen it. Yeah, it's uh, it beat Little Dorrit, by the way. <laughs> that also stars Hugh Grant. Yep. I should say, by the way, as far as Little Dorrit goes, that would star, uh, if you're a completist, Derek Jacoby and Alec Guinness. So ah, Derek Jacoby. And there is uh, no white worm in the lair of the white worm, correct? Oh, it's like a vampire lady. There is a worm. Yeah, there is a worm. It's kind of worm like. You do see him. Uh, um, have you seen it, Chad? No, I have not seen it. It was one of those ones where it keeps coming up on streaming and you say, Chad, you got to watch this. And I just never get it. Oh, it's not it. good, but you should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make you cry a river well, of blood. Even, it I out. mean, it's still Ken Russell. It's still slightly kind of a what is this batshit crazy thing i like some of the visuals in it it suffers from its budget keep going um so above that is oh it's, your, i didn't realize it was a bram stoker book mm-hmm, novel supposedly uh above that is your favorite film starring jerry reed danny glover and gene hackman bat 21 i don't remember jerry reed being in that look it up anyway uh <laughs> arguing with you fucker i just don't i Here's can't the thing, though. does anybody listen remember to, all of bat 21 listen to that cast and know that it went on to make less than four million at the box office 
but it was beat out by and I have a soft spot for this movie because I love all things that involve this character without a clue. <laughs> I love that movie. That's another <laughs> forgotten one that nobody remembers. I, where do you stand on it though? Without a clue versus uh, Sherlock Holmes' uh, younger, smarter brother. Oh, without a clue. Yeah, without a clue. All right. I just, but now I haven't seen. I have seen Sherlock Holmes' younger, smarter brother since I've seen you without a clue, and I don't. Most of, Gene Wild, most of Gene Wilder's work without Mel Brooks is not as funny. I'm just saying it. There it is. It's on the table. Haunted Honeymoon. It's just not as funny. Chad? <laughs> um, by the way, if you've not seen Without a Clue, like Joe said, it's kind of forgotten. The plot to Without a Clue is that actually Sherlock Holmes is a drunk and a useless drunk at that. And the real genius is Dr. Watson, but he lets Sherlock Holmes get all the credit because he doesn't want to deal with it. So they it's, made Inspector Gadget, but put it in Sherlock Holmes. It stars Michael Caine, <laughs> Ben Kingsley, and Jeffrey Jones. Uh, so Who's Jeffrey Jones? Uh, he's in uh, Beetlejuice. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> he's Inspector Lestrade. Um, and a few lists. Yeah, he's, he's on. That's why I said he's. I was trying to move on, but why? Anyway, without because I'm without a clue. Anyway, um, without a clue though was not number one. It was in turn beat out by the film that Joe always tries to get me to see, and I know the box cover art for, but I never will actually watch the film. I know he's a big fan. Mystic Pizza. <laughs> you know, I've never actually seen all of it. I've never I've seen it either. Seen it, like I've seen it on DVD shelf. I've had it in in the room with it's me. Got Vincent D'Onofrio in it. Yeah, no, I, a lot of people love it. I mean, it has. A, oh yeah, it, it only made thirteen do. million, but it it has a great cast. Many of which went uh, on to do other things, including. I did not know Vincent D'Onofrio was in Mystic Pizza. Yeah, he's the love interest. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they killed that. Did not know. I did not know. <laughs> I, I was unaware. Moving on. Um, so that was a pretty loaded weekend. Uh, the next <laughs> Without week, a clue, never loaded any weekend. I wonder how that, it holds There were a lot of next. releases that week. So that's October 21st. October 28th, guess how many movies come out, Joe? Two. One. Okay. And that's, Blast off. Again, you'll notice, Chad, if you look up the poster for this, it's got somebody holding a gun, a pistol. Feds. Oh, oh yeah. Feds with Rebecca, Rebecca DeMore. Rebecca DeMore. Yeah. Um, I remember that one. It's not good. Yeah, I do too. No. And Mary Gross. Um, now, Feds came out, and, and that Describe was. Describe Mary Gross to people who have no idea who that is, the mousy character actress. Actually, you I just, just did described it. her. But am I, say. I, I mean, that is, am I not spot on? Yeah, that's basically what she is. Yeah, I didn't remember plays, her name. She plays the same character in every single movie or TV show she's been in. So, does she still work? But, yeah, she's a. Well, she stopped working in 2012. She was in Raising Hope. Okay. So there you go. Um, now that, by the way, was the only movie that came out on the 28th, which would have been the Friday. We did have one Saturday premiere, and most people would be. Again, I, I think this gets lost on people now, but the only film, to my knowledge, that involves a huge robot starring Joe Pesci, Sean Lennon, and Michael Jackson, Moonwalker. Yeah, you're right. I don't think people remember that Moonwalker came out. I, I forget that it did. 
And I've, yeah, I don't remember a damn thing about it, by the way. I didn't remember I re- Joe Pesci. I remember him turning into a giant robot. That's all I remember. I don't even remember that. So, um, and Joe Pesci, if I'm not mistaken, has a crazy wig in that movie. Yeah, just, yeah, it's, it's completely forgettable. But the video game, I remember more than the movie. I didn't even know there was a video game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge, huge, huge. Uh, there are arcade machines on the Sega Genesis. It was everywhere. Huh. Um, all right. So that closes out October. And what are you going to ring in November with? The answer is, of course, another horror movie. No. Uh, so November 4th, we get a horror movie. And by the way, Chad, I don't know if any of you all have seen this. If you have, please let me know. But it honestly looks like they straight up stole from Critters and, and used it on the poster. The Brain. No. Directed by Ed Hunt. I'll look it up now. Stars Tom uh, Brescianen, Cynthia Preston, and David Gale. Um, and, of course, David Gale, right? We all know David Gale. I've never seen The Brain. Yeah, I've, I've seen the... I, it gets, I've seen it, the poster. Yeah, and it keeps getting suggested to me on something. It must I mean, be Amazon not- Prime. It's not terribly rated on IMDb. It's 5.2 stars out of 10, which is, I mean, for a lot of 80s horror films, that's a pretty good score. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, right. that, that, was the, that was the lowest achiever at the box office. Uh, the Good Mother uh, was second lowest. Uh, uh, then. The good, hold on. The Good Mother. That's another Liam Neeson directed by Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Diane Keaton, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Jason she, yeah, yeah, yeah. About her daughter. All right. What else? Uh, so that, that made almost $5 million, but the good mother was beat out by very famous in some circles still today. You too, right on home. The concert mm-hmm. video, the concert movie. Yeah. Uh, made almost $9 million at the box office. A lot of people don't think about that. And then the drama, Everybody's All American. Made almost thirteen. Oh, that's also with Dennis. Dennis, um, Dennis Wade. <laughs> he plays a football star. And then the movie that went on to make the most, making a little bit over thirteen million dollars, they live. That didn't come out to November. Nope. Well, it was number one at the box office. I think we've talked on it before. They actually removed it from the theater before it mm-hmm. was while it was still. I don't know the reason. Yeah, I don't understand it. They live as... But it was number <laughs> one at the box office. God, it's a... Well, it has one of the best One of the best fight scenes of it in movie history. It all happened. It was happening and it happened. They live yeah. as a documentary. <laughs> if you think about it now, yeah, it's a documentary. It's now, a documentary. Yes. It's not even... It's not even satire now. All right, so, next. So that was November 4th, and we get one midweek release, which I did not know. And this maybe this is just when it first premiered, it was midweek. Child's Play, November oh, 9th. I didn't know that. November did, 9th. Why did they say just they saved all the classic horror film? Well, they live as a horror film, but no. Child's Play didn't come out till November. Hmm. Yeah. How much did that make? Uh I went on to make forty over forty four million dollars. So and by the way, this is a true story. My daughter, my daughter, that's not right. 
my wife is a year younger than I am. Now, I was eight in 88. That mm-hmm. would have made her seven. Her father, I believe her parents had recently been divorced. So not a Joe Lewis story. I won't go into the full details about how you lived a Dickensian struggle. But her Maybe father took that. her to the movies quite a bit. And one of the movies he took her to see was, oh, it's about toys. She'll love it. Child's play. <laughs> yeah, she does love it, though. She does love it. Well, now, I think I think at the time it was a bit much for her, which is probably why she loved it now, right? Things that used to scare you, you learned to love. Yeah, sure. Um, which is how she married me. Anyway, November 11th, when we actually get to Friday, I did not know this movie tried to go up against Child's Play. Actually, I'll start at the bottom for these. A Cry in the Dark, uh, the drama, uh, November Chad, 11th. what is happened it, in A Cry in the Dark? Who a dingo ate, ate my baby. Hi, Glenn. Meryl Streep. Hi, Ben. Um, I can't say Ben in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ben in Australian's Ben. Ben, yeah, I was gonna say I think I'm, I'm not, or as I'm James not, corrected me once, going, I think you just call it a bakery. You don't have to say it's a Mexican bakery, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're okay, okay there. Ben, Ben, no, no, Ben, I go ate my Ben. I dang it, my boy. <laughs> uh, so, but. But anyway, Cry in the Dark made almost $7 million, but it was beat out by our next film, which is a sequel to the greatest film involving people who fly jets and planes and everything. A movie about the real Top Guns. That's right. Iron Eagle 2 came out (laughs) and made $10 million at the box office. Now, did Luke Gossett come back for Iron Eagle 2? That's what I want to know. So is He He did. He's he's in dude, dude he's in all three of them. He's in Aces, Iron Aces. Eagle 3. Um, and, but do you know what would be the number one movie that would come out on November 11th and be competing with Child's Play that came out on Wednesday? It did not win the competition, but making almost $30 million, there was only one man who could save Christmas, Joe and Chad. Only one man and his name was Ernest. <laughs> Ernest saves Christmas, I November eleventh. I did. Can, not. can we just talk? Can, that Go did ahead. you all like it? Did you all like it, Ben? Yes, I loved it. It's my favorite. I Ernest love movie. Ernest. Have you watched it recently? No, I was going to show it to my kid, and he had no interest. Oh, I watched. Uh, good. I watched Ernest scared stupid. See, I don't totally like Ernest scared stupid. Totally holds up. Totally I, st- I still say Ernest goes to camp. I st- and I need to watch it because I did not. I I loved Ernest Saves Christmas as a kid, and I watched it last year with the kids, and I was like, "Oh my god, why did I like this?" Is so this I got to see Ernest goes. I did not care for it at all. Just everything about it was just. I just couldn't get into it. It just. It, so I, I want to see Ernest goes to camp because that was the only that was the one I loved more than anything, and I gotta go. Does it still hold up? So probably the answer is going to be no when I go when I finally watch it. I, I mean, I, I Ernest, obviously the Ernest movies are not Shakespearean or anything. Though, by the way, if you read uh, the importance of being Ernest, which is his uh, a biography somebody wrote, and it's fascinating. He actually, do you know what is Shakespearean? He, he tried to do Shakespeare. And he Police Academy well. Five, Assignment, Miami Beach. Well, it's an unfinished manuscript that Shakespeare would have pooped on. But sure, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, so uh, 
but that was the number one. Ernest Scared Stupid. But overall, I mean, movies really set entire week. Child's Play Wednesday. We now are to November eighteenth, which is uh, God. There's so many movies that came out this week, and some of them don't suck. But the two that competed for the top is what gets me. But let's start as we always do at the bottom, where the Chocolate War. Anybody oh, yeah, that's got I've John heard of it. Glover in it. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, about boys selling chocolate bars. Yeah. Yep, it's not it's based not, on it's a, a book. It's a drama. It's not a comedy. Yeah. No, no, it's 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 yeah, it's based on the book, The Chocolate War. Mm-hmm. Um, full Directed Moon by and, Keith Carden. Uh, full Moon and Blue Water. Anybody? I don't know anything about oh. that one. Um, the comedy Buster. Not a success. It didn't make a million dollars. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to keep this in order. Last Rites. Oh, dear. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of movies with Last Rites, but now let's get into something that actually made a little bit of money. The drama, 1969. Oh, that's with... Uh, that's got a hell of a cast. It's Robert Downey Jr. Um, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. It's about the Vietnam War and them trying to avoid the draft. Uh, Fresh Horses. Ooh, bad movie with uh, Andrew and um, uh, Molly Ringwald, Chad's favorite actress. God. High Spirits. Molly Ringwald should have been in Army of the Dead so I could hate her more. (laughs) (laughs) High Spirits. That's one of the best Liam Neeson. Boy, Liam Neeson was really on the stage that month. He he was doing okay for struggling. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. High um, spirits. Liam Neeson's in high spirits with Peter O'Toole and Daryl Hannah. And yeah, don't mention Steve Gutenberg, yeah. which is why he wasn't in probably. Which is probably why he wasn't in Police Academy Five. And look who look who directed it. Neil Jordan. Holy yep. shit! I know. Now, I got to see here, this movie. Oh, it's awful. Here, here is one I did not know, and I find this fascinating as somebody that has seen both these pictures, and one is better known today than the other. Coming in in second place as far as what it would go on to earn, but premiering on November 18th, Oliver and Company, Billy Joel, doing mm-hmm. one of the voices. with and a, with Street the, Sidewalk Fair. Yeah, with very catchy tune. What beat it out and would go on to earn almost double what Oliver and Company made is it animated the land before Before time time. god and in my mind my uncle keith who was who's i don't know 15 years he had the he had the the small foot or what is his name little foot little foot foot. but you know that i don't think i've ever actually seen it i knew there was a lot you've never seen the land before it showed up only elementary school in america I didn't see it. I've never seen it. I've only seen half of Oliver and Company, and I've only I've never seen uh I've seen okay, I have seen snippets of some of the movies and I've seen a couple of the cartoon series because my kids saw it on something, but I have never seen the movie. Oliver and Man. Company, I, I mean it's it's definitely Disney before it researched. Yeah. But it's based on Oliver by Charles yeah. Dickens. Yeah. And they use animals, of course. But I know a lot of I, I know at the time a lot of people were saying is this it for Disney, but I did not realize that you know Don Bluth was considered a renegade Disney animator. He had left Disney, and I didn't realize that probably fed into that paranoia that I mean their their competition that it came from within mm-hmm. 
spanked them on that one. I mean, they knocked them down in the dirt. Because I remember, like, Pizza Hut carried the Land Before Time sponsorship yeah. and all that yeah. stuff, and it was huge. You, had to, get, you but, had to get puppets, if I'm not mistaken. You got the puppets. But yeah. I did not know they beat Oliver and Company that badly, which, yeah. again, I defend Oliver and Company if for no other reason As, songs. Yeah, the songs. Yeah, the 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 plot itself is kind of weak, but well, yeah, I I, I I I enjoy. I actually, it's one of the Disney cartoons I have on Blu-ray. Yeah. is Oliver and Company, but you know, at the same time, though, Land Before Time, that was one of those movies that, as a kid, I I, I couldn't stop watching because for one thing, I love dinosaurs, of course, as a kid, you know, but yeah, I, I just did. I just assumed they'd be like snakes, and I hate snakes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, that was my kid logic. Was they're lizards? I don't like snakes. Snakes are lizard like. I ain't touch them. Oh man, yeah. In, in between uh, elementary the paranoia school, of my mind. <laughs> in, in elementary school, if I went to the library, uh, library at school, it was usually either a dinosaur book or a cryptid book <laughs> that I would check out uh, before I actually found real stories. I'm like, oh, these are way more. These are way more entertaining than this shit. <laughs> So wrapping up November, coming out a little bit early, obviously, to capitalize on the Thanksgiving weekend. Instead of November 25th, these all were released on November 23rd, before Thanksgiving. Three films. Let's see if you all know anything about the first one. The lowest earning was Hannah's War. No. No. No idea either. I was hoping one of y'all would know something, but let's just move on. The second, another sequel, Cocoon, The Return. I doubt that they did much business. Uh, almost 19 million, but not compared yeah, yeah. to the first one, obviously. But the one that was number one, you all probably will have something to say about Scrooged. Yeah, uh, I, I was wondering when it was going to come out. I mean, it was huge. How much did it make? Uh, right under 60 million. So it's not as big as I thought it was. But it's a big movie, but it was, I, I, I don't know. That one's not left us. It's Bill Murray says uh, the reason he thinks it's popular is because it plays on AMC every four hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's yeah. because there's, it's, I mean, the stories are that he and Donner didn't get along, but I, we obviously, well, yeah, we've talked about the movie on here quite a bit. And Carol Kane was a, was a, was a complete nut job during the making of it, too. Oh, really? I mean, it was, I've never heard yeah, that story. Like she would walk off and she'd run off and cry for no reason. And then she would also hurt Bill Murray, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it was, uh, but it's my favorite Christmas movie of all time. It's crazy. Is it bad that I didn't realize until I was older that it came out in 1988? I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I saw it guys until I was probably, Oh, I saw it first edited for TV, uh, probably 91. Yeah. Oh, it, see, it, I was real lucky. I saw it in the theater that year. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see it till much oh, later. Man. And then it, it just happened to fall into the 1988 year along with all these other amazing uh, James has been listening to movies. I'm like, God, I love this movie. I love this movie. Um, but Scrooge is my favorite Christmas movie by bar none. I, didn't I, I don't think there's this anything. year. I was going to, and I didn't get it. I didn't either. Way, I, you know, honestly, I, I, I think one of the reasons I didn't get to see it for so long because my father loved all versions of a Christmas Carol. And I've said before, like he, Muppets, God. Yeah. When we did the Christmas it. Carol episode, yeah. he loved it. Um, this is the one exception. My dad hated Scrooge. Huh. Would I not just watch don't. it with us. Would not. He, he said it would, he, I, I don't know. I, I I can't tell you what, but he literally hated. Scrooge. This is probably the this is probably the first year in over a decade I haven't watched it. So I didn't get to watch it at Christmas. I just there, there's just so much stuff going on, and then we were watching other movies with the kids. Yeah, I, was, I, I never got to, to watch it. I didn't get to watch. Man, 
I'm on my about eighth watch through of Gravity Falls. And don't get me wrong, I love Gravity Falls. I've really, I, it's still fun to watch with the kids. But I mean, I'm on my eighth me, watching. Part of me is getting to the point where I'm like, and I, again, love my eldest child. Uh, but when do they grow out of that need to rewatch it? I know it's comforting, right? It's my, my sister, when I was a kid, watched uh, Lion King so often, she broke two VHS tapes watching, watching, watching one. So I, I get it, but when do they grow out of that? Because I'd like to watch I don't. <laughs> I'm on my eighth watching of Encanto. I still haven't get to watch it once and uh, fully because We're I all, mean, we are getting off topic a little bit. I know, I know. But anyway, my eldest has watched it four times, Chad, and I've not got to watch it once because I always come in in the middle and she's like, well, I don't want to restart it. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so what's next? So we're now to December. The end is near, gentlemen. This is the last month of the year. That's how calendars work. Check but, it out. But, but by the way, for our listeners, it is officially 1.30 in the morning, and we are all like, James is it? Because James is a goddamn James. vampire. Yeah, James just <laughs> fucking keeps going. And I've got to go to work um, tomorrow. Hold on. Wait. No, it's Sunday. i got to go do the Lord's work. Come on, Chad. I mean, James. What are you what, now? I'm just... All right. Well, whatever that was. Anyway, December 1st. The Lord's work. We do get one Thursday release, and this is a film I don't think gets talked about much anymore, but it's got a great cast. It's got a director most people know. Alec Baldwin, John C. McGinley, uh, Michael Wincott, mm-hmm. and Eric Bogosian, Oliver Stone's talk radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is based on his show, which also starred Eric Bogosian, and and J uh, J S Krasinski. <laughs> I don't think that's John C. McGinley is what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a Broadway play. Uh, what well, made about four million dollars. Now that being said, it came out on Thursday, on December second, which was Friday. We get two very different films. One of them made exact or not exactly, but close to half of what the other one. The one that would make the half of what the other one made would be Tequila Sunrise. Mm, Kurt Russell and Mel Gibson. Mm. Yeah, you know what? I took, prefer talk radio. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Took Tequila Sunrise out and, and uh, shot it in the face. Well, Joe, you own the poster for this one because if Reggie Jackson's going to kill the queen, we're going to make a movie. <laughs> I didn't about know it. Naked Gun came out in December. It was a big this, hit. How much did it make? Over $100 million? Uh, over It made 78 It made yeah. double what Tequila Sunrise made. Yeah, it was a way cheaper made film than Tequila Sunrise was. Uh, yeah, it was I uh, 78 million in 88. Can you guys imagine it would be like 150 200 million dollars now? Yeah. Double oh, yeah. And that's not chicken feed, so those zuckers are riding high. Yeah, it's right now, behind my back. I forgot about Naked Gun coming out in 88. Well, that's okay because on December, here's what followed up that weekend. And buried, by the way, the Naked Gun as well. But first, let's start with the Lemons. I mean, the lesser performing films. My Stepmother is an Alien. Oh, my God. All right, that's the second worst Dan Aykroyd performance. Man, yeah, my God, it is terrible. That's just a bad movie. (laughs) Well, you know what, guys? It's about Richard Benjamin, isn't it? Let me tell you how how I can imply that that movie was not great. Because... People went to the theater and saw the poster for My Stepmother is an Alien 
and saw the second best performing weekend uh, movie that came out this weekend and went, yeah, we'll try this one. That would be Mississippi Burning. <laughs> oh my God. William Defoe and Gene Hackman. Look it up, kids, if you haven't seen it. It's not a feel-good film. No. But do you know what film came out this? And speaking of, I, I always, I know this was a hit, but to see how well it outperformed Naked Gun blows my mind. Coming out on December 9th and going on to make $217 million, Twins. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, know I didn't realize Twins came out that close to December. And that close to Naked Gun. Two yeah. big oh, comedies, one after another. Right oh, no. Christmas. And here's what gets me. The movie that came out December 14th, which is one of my all-time favorite films, that both of those would go on to overshadow. But first, we'll start with the lower ones. All three comedies, by the way. And think of, in my mind, you've got Naked Gun, comedy. Next weekend, you bring out Twins, comedy. And then the studios release three other comedies a week later. Yeah. One being the Torch Song trilogy. (laughs) That was hilarious. Okay, well, whatever. But I'm going to get you, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> Good film. <laughs> and on parodies. December 14th. What was Torch Song Trilogy a parody of, Chad? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> on on uh, December 14th. I have more jokes. I'll leave them alone. On December 14th, with yeah, Naked Gun in theaters, with <laughs> twins in theaters. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, Jake Oz, Michael Caine. How much did that make? Only, I mean, I say only forty-three million. Yeah. Sizable. At amount. least it didn't get killed. Killed. But no Dirty wonder Rotten Scrooge only made sixty-some million. Yeah, yeah, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is one of my all-time favorite movies. I show it to my kids. My kids loved it. So let me. So four weeks in a row, we had Scrooge, Naked Gun. Do you say naked twins. gun? <laughs> Nick. Yeah, naked gun, twins, mm. and then dirty rotten scoundrels. Yeah. Four of the man. Twins. All yeah. in 1988. By the way, twins is one of those that it made Schwarzenegger and Ivan Reitman filthy rich because nobody wanted to put Schwarzenegger in a comedy. Comedy. And they took points and then they got extra points and they made such a deal on that movie that they got loaded. Yeah, I don't know if we need to see part three with Eddie Murphy. So, I mean, probably but, not. Just, just reminding twins that's yes, loaded. Not only that, but part them two, being the age that they are now. Twins, twins two, did I say? Yeah, yeah, three. Well, you think of it because they did make three movies together. They made Twins, Kindergarten Cop, well, um, Schwarzenegger and Ivan, and then uh, the one where he's pregnant. Junior. 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 Which I was about to say, I was going to make a junior joke. So, yeah, no. Um, well, Chad, they do break this up, sort of. I mean, some people classify it as partially comedic, though I, I argue that it is a drama. On December 16th, the, uh, after they do Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and all that, they released Rain Man. No. Wapner. Wapner song. Anyway, uh, December who would, who would say that was a comedy? There's people that argue it's got comedic parts. I'm not making this up. It's actually on my screen. It's qualified as a drama. There is some, yeah. There's the scene where he farts in the booth. That was fun, but that was that was improv. So, (laughs) he really did. He farted farted in there. (laughs) I didn't know that. 
Yeah, Dustin uh, Hoffman just I so just we get farted. we get Rain Man. <laughs> okay, Chad. Do you need a moment? Yeah, right, to... I just thought of funny farting about It's not funny, but him laughing so hard. I know. If I'm we need tired. pause, if it's one thirty in the morning, and everything doesn't happen. <laughs> you lost me at farting in the booth with Dustin Hoffman. It's it's one thirty in the morning. I'm thinking of Dustin Hoffman farting in the phone booth. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> go, James. Go. Go. Uh, I'm, I I don't even know what's up anymore. Um. <laughs> anyway, so we get Rain Man. Four days after Rain Man, because they're starting to roll stuff out trying to get Academy Awards. Working Girl. Yeah, that was a big hit, too. Uh, yep, would go on to make $64 million. And then, one day after Working Girl, they released three films. These are all dramas. Yeah. Uh, one fails pretty much completely. It makes only $3 million, but it was an import anyway. That's Pell the Conqueror, mm. uh, which stars... Um, Pale Herver, I don't know. I, it's Dutch or something. Max von Sydow's in it, though. So there you go. Um, the other two, though, you all do know. Uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Yeah. Yeah. John Malkovich. And for your love of Bette Midler, Beaches. Mm. Do you remember when Bette Midler farted in that phone booth? <laughs> <laughs> And gave who was the other actress? Is it Barbara Hershey? And gave Barbara Hershey a cold in her heart from the fart that killed her. <laughs> How much money did Beaches make? And they're like, wait, this yeah. phone booth should not be in the middle of this. Why did Barbara Hershey die from Bette Midler's fart? Lung? She said, <laughs> it's a well known fact, it contains asbestos. Only Midler's, only Midler's. The entire person that handles her on the set of uh, Hocus Pocus 2, look it up. We needed to do this episode in reverse, so I could have just made put every scene of somebody farting in a phone (laughs) booth. But now it's ruined because it's at the end. Well, that's what all independent (laughs) cinema is. It's not gay cowboys eating pudding. It's farting in a phone booth. Boo. No, I'm Uh, serious. How much money did Beaches make? $57 $57 million. Uh, yeah, it was a big hit. It was a big hit. Yeah. I, no, like, and by the way, all these I, movies were coming out making a ton of money. 1988, yeah, I, man. Um, so December 23rd, to lead into Christmas, there's three films. I want to talk about these because I think this is hilarious. Um, they released on December 23rd again, right before Christmas, the horror film Trapped Alive, Never heard which of was it. not a success. Trapped Alive, uh stars no one and nothing no it stars jay leggett cameron mitchell and sullivan hester several escaped prisoners and two hostage women oh, along don't with the don't deputy, we don't find them, hold on find themselves trapped in a mine shaft shaft sorry where a cannibalistic mutant is hunting them for food which is well, they that's what cannibals do. yeah i was gonna say why is that shocking if it was like oh a vegetarian is hunting them for food that would be weird anyway uh, that they thought that'll be good for Christmas. The other one, though, you all do know, December twenty third. They said, you know what, the kids will like for Christmas. Let's make sure they have a Hellraiser film to see in theaters. Hellbound, Hellraiser, Hellraiser two, two. Why December twenty third. Would they release that at Christmas? Uh, well, hopefully, they thought they would make money. Uh, <laughs> and it did it. 
Uh, it made eleven million dollars for its budget. They made money. The most those movies, those Hellraiser movies, they mainly the first two. They did make some money in the theater, but their money was made in, you know, VHS, VHS, yeah, yeah. And the other one that they did release, which makes a little bit more sense, and I think was remade by Johnny Depp later, um, December twenty third, The Accidental Tourist, with directed William by Lawrence Kasdan, with William Hurt. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Turner and, and Gina Joe. Davis. Yep. That's, yeah, I almost said John, but Gina Davis. Actually, uh, the accidental tourist tourist is actually not a bad movie. Have either one of you ever seen it? No. I he writes books for travel people who have to accidentally travel, and they have a dead son, and his he and his wife are coming to terms and are split up, and he meets Gina Davis. It's a, it's it's fun. And then Gina Davis gets in a phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> can't even say it. and farts <laughs> and gives barbara hershey heart cancer <laughs> and makes all those beaches cry and then ed bagley jr reminds her how much that methane gas is polluting the environment uh, makes all those beaches cry is that the end of it are we done uh there's some other films that got released very, no the, the release at the very end of the year doesn't matter really they didn't do anything. Uh, Watchers, an action film. Girl in a Swing, a drama. And uh, Honor Bound and Run If You Can. Girl in a Swing party. <laughs> party. Uh, so none a, of those films really did anything. Watchers, so really, I was assuming, was the uh, Corey Haim film. Corey Haim film. Yeah, 1988. That's it. it it's based but, on uh, that book by that author you like, James. The uh, it said it came out in December the 2nd, huh? They have it listed here later. I don't know why. Sorry, I'm just going by what they have, but I don't I believe it. you. Uh, that being said, so we really do in as far as major releases, we end on Accidental Tur- Tourist, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, mm-hmm. and Trapped Alive is how they ended the year. 1988 had some winners, folks, but it really it had did a lot of winners. Have. Yeah, it did. It did, but it had a lot of sequels and a lot of misses too. I mean, that that July, yeah, it's stuff we all know, but I think July, in a weird twist, may have been one of the lowest earning months of the entire year, which is weird for movies to have a low earning July. Well, and you real quick, I want to look up Dream a Little Dream (laughs) to figure out what the shit this other crap came out. Uh, eighty nine man so it's yeah two years yeah body swaps body swaps what was the other one other than dream a little dream like father like son Son, there's the one i need to look up i think we already talked about that i think it came out in 89 too it's either 89 or 90 there it is 87 87 oh shit that was that was the real og kirk cameron and dudley moore and one of those people uh, really believes alive. in God now, and the other one's Kirk Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was directed by Rod Daniel, and Rod Daniel gave Chad two of his favorite films, K-9 and Teen Wolf. <laughs> K-9, yes, Teen Wolf, not so much now. I don't have, <laughs> and Beethoven's second. Never seen it. No, I have seen it. Don't care You've for it. You've seen it. And he directed about 24 episodes of WKRP in Cincinnati. You know, I'm going to go on record. Let me say this again. I've said this before, but I'm going to stand by it. 
Bingo is a better movie than Beethoven. There, I said it. Come at me, dog movie people. No one you believes. Son of a bitch. Hey, one one has Charles Grodin. Yeah, it's Beethoven. <laughs> what the on fuck were you note, going with that on that note he also directed the super another movie that uh chad loves with joe pesci and when joe pesci farts in that phone <laughs> it gives barbara hershey heart cancer how, how do you what do you what do you mean i smelled up the place am i like reading <laughs> rudner funny <laughs> Uh, all right guys this has been our second part of 42 parts we're so sorry we won't do another one of these for a while thank glenn you shaddix glenn shaddix is in bingo glenn shaddix also farted in beetlejuice and sent it all the way to number one at the box office surf ninjas i'm starting recording thanks for listening to both Grrrr. <sighs>